Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the September 6th episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. She's Kim. He's Chris. And we have some follow-ups that we're going to do from last week's episode of the podcast, as well as a castle interview. Yay! We love castle interviews. Yes, we're surprised that we got her so quickly, but our castle interview will be our individual who audio described our wedding video. Yes, yes. our voiceover artiste and AD friend, Deanna. You'll get to meet her later in the podcast. Yep. But first, some follow-up from the last episode. So you know how we were talking about phones and SIM cards, things like that? Well, we thought we were all done with our phone adventures until my husband discovered something interesting that he wanted to check out. And it involved something that you may have heard of called an eSIM. For those who perhaps don't know what an eSIM is or just are having trouble figuring out, is that what I think that is? Fill us in. It does not stand for electronic SIM. It stands for embedded SIM. So it is a SIM chip on some phones like the iPhone 10, 12, SE 2020, 2022. 13 and some android phones i believe the pixel 3a actually has an embedded sim what it allows you to do is activate your phone service without waiting for a sim card to come in the mail and have to get sighted assistance in order to activate your sim card because they have to read your sim id off of the sim card so that you can put it in for your carrier And that's if you don't go to a carrier store where they do all that magic for you. So this is do-it-yourself SIM cards, if you will. So we got home and we were still fighting with Kim's parents' cell phones. Oh, don't even ask us about that story. We're not even going to follow up about that, at least not this time. No, we probably won't be able to talk about it for at least a year. (laughs) (laughs) So, but needless to say... Kim's mother does have a really, really nice cell phone that we found for her. She's Kim, welcome. It used yes. to be my phone. Yes, the Kim had It's a little motor that used to belong to me. And yeah, it was really cool. It's a great little phone. So we hooked her up with a nice monthly plan and an inexpensive monthly plan, and she's pretty happy with it. Now, my father, whole other story. We don't even have that straightened out yet, but if we figure something out that will work for him, we'll let you guys know just in case one of you might be in a similar predicament. So we'll see. So while I was working on their phones over the week while they were here, I decided to do some more research to hook us up to get us better service or better coverage for when we do go back to North Carolina. So I found a service called Visible that keeps you on the Verizon network. It's a carrier that is owned by Verizon, and it gives you basically unlimited talk, unlimited text, unlimited data, and unlimited hotspot. And there are only two plans. There's a $30 plan and a $45 plan. The $45 plan gives you a little bit more. So we chose the $45 plan. One of the things that we wanted was the spam protection that you pay a little bit more for and you get spam protection. And the option was to have them send a physical SIM or to try the eSIM. So there are advantages and disadvantages of the eSIM versus the physical SIM, for example. If your phone breaks, normally you can just physically remove the SIM card and put it into another phone and your phone is up and running. 
an eSIM, it's not that easy, but eSIMs can be transferred from phone to phone. We haven't done it yet, but the thing that I really liked about trying the eSIM for a couple of reasons, one, to see if it was accessible, can you do it? And two, to get it done quickly. So I would say within a half hour of signing up for the service, I had the service on the phone, on the eSIM, and it was already porting my number. So all of that was very, very easy to do. There were a couple of hiccups, though, in the accessibility. When creating the account, I don't know if it was a voiceover issue or what it was, but when you would type in, let's say you're typing in your email address, and I would hit C and release, voiceover might say T. Or it might say space for the next character. I think one time it even said enter. So basically what it was doing was it was writing in the proper characters. So if you went back and reviewed it, they were proper, but the key echo was completely off. So in that instance, it was confusing to do, but you would have to be very comfortable with typing on an iPhone to make sure that it was speaking the correct character before you lift your finger, not after, because after it was speaking the incorrect character. So for example, when I typed in the C of my email address, I would slide over to C, it would say C, and then I would release it and it would say T, or it would say enter or space or something really, really weird. And it was very, very distracting. That was the issue for the whole time of putting in your contact information. And I don't know if that was visible specific or if it was something that was iOS specific or not, but it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It made it really difficult to type. You really had to just laser focus in to figure out what you were doing. <laughs> it was not a fun experience. No, it was not. But one thing that we found out, which was kind of cool, was that when they told you to go get the eSIM, because Kim started it on her phone and completed the whole thing on her phone. And when you had to give them the IMEI number, there was a nice little copy button that allowed you to copy this long string of characters and paste it into the edit field that they wanted. So that worked out really, really well. And as I said, when doing this whole process, it was very, very simple, very, very straightforward. And service was done again within the half hour to 45 minutes, I would say I was completely up and running. So in the last episode of the podcast, we talked about some of these low cost carriers that don't have watch plans. Well, the specific plan, you could add $5 and put your watch on. So in switching to this carrier, I did not lose my watch. I pulled my watch over from T-Mobile, which was unlocked, I really like the idea of having cellular on the watch. You never know when you're going to be in an emergency and you can't get to your phone and you can call 911 or the police or whatever from your watch. So that's really why I like that. The phone gets smashed or something, you still have access to your cellular network through the watch. So that's really my only justification for doing that. And it's $5 cheaper than I was paying for T-Mobile for the service. Yeah, there are advantages to having your watch on a cellular plan. I know one time I attempted to call you. You did not have your phone with you. This was a couple months ago, but you actually had your watch on. And it worked out. It wasn't anything serious, but 
It's one of those things where you weren't in the house. I called you and I was able to talk to you, which was cool. Right, because I forgot the phone at home. So mm -hmm. The other odd thing about the service that we picked is that if you have multiple people in your household that have or want cell phone plans, a lot of these companies, you can put multiple plans under one account. With this one, you cannot. So each account is one phone only, and you have to have an email address. So if your kids have cell phones, they would have to have their own email addresses, even though you might be paying for it. You can set up the same payment method under different accounts. They don't care about that. What they care about is one account per person. So multiple email addresses to juggle, multiple passwords to juggle, et cetera. So let's talk a little bit about Ira. Yes, let's. So for those that know, we still are holding on to these demo and vision glasses that we've had. We're probably going to send them back in the next week or so, but we wanted to hold on to them long enough to see how Ira works on the glasses. And it actually works pretty well from what I've seen so far. There are some things though, because of the eight megapixel camera versus the nice big 13 megapixel camera that we use on a lot of our phones, some things they just can't read. And I don't know if that's going to be addressed in future updates, but I was talking to one agent yesterday and we were going through meals. She was able to read without doing anything, what the meal was and all that good stuff. But then there was fine print that she had to take a picture of. And once she zoomed into it, then yes, she could read it. Having said that, there was a piece of mail that we tried the same thing with, and they really couldn't read the mail. So the thing about the Envision glasses is that it gives you a hands-free experience. Let's give you an example. When Kim's parents were here, her mother isn't exactly the most techie person in the world. And we were trying to get a SIM card out of an old flip phone so we could put another SIM card in it. Well, we didn't have the glasses activated, so we had to use one phone and hover it over <laughs> the other phone with an IRA agent. And he was really, really cool because... He found the specific flip phone and was able to go on YouTube and find how to insert and remove the SIM cards. So while I was holding the phone over the other phone so that he could see Kim's hands trying to get the SIM card in and out, my arm was really starting to get tired. I think in that instance, if you were just one person, you wouldn't be able to do it because the SIM card was a two-handed job. You had to have two hands in order to get SIM card in, and you had to have two hands in order to get SIM card out. So what could have been done was to be able to use the glasses, and Kim would have just looked at the SIM card slot, and the agent would have seen what she was, quote, looking at. And that would have been a good use case for those glasses. Another instance of the glasses might be if you're walking around and you want to be hands-free, maybe you're carrying some things, you'd have the glasses in order to do that. Now, the glasses need to be connected to your phone's hotspot because in order for Ira to work, they would need to be connected to the internet. Connecting the glasses to Ira, I found a little bit hard to do. I tried to do it on an 
iPhone SE, basically what you have to do is call an agent. The glasses are smart enough to know that they're not activated yet. So it tells you to go to a certain website, log in with your Ira account and scan a QR code. I couldn't do it on the iPhone SE 2020 for whatever reason. I couldn't do it on my Samsung Galaxy A53 for whatever reason. So I had to dust off a 20-inch monitor with a computer. I went to the website in Microsoft Edge, and I literally just looked at where the screen would be, and it got the QR code immediately. So that was, I found that to be a difficult process. If I hadn't had that 20-inch monitor, then I don't know what I would have done because the monitor on my laptop no longer works. As we found out trying to scan that with the glasses, I had an IRA agent look at the screen and he says, um, your screen is shattered. So that was not fun. No. So my plan is to go out and take the glasses for a walk with IRA and see how that works. I think in some instances, it's going to be a great thing. Maybe at CSUN, at conventions and stuff like that, I can totally see utilizing IRA when you're in those exhibit halls and you're walking around and stuff like that. You're not carrying the phone that might get knocked off your hand and all kinds of interesting things. So, you know, the jury's still out, but I think that it's a good solution. And now for something completely different from describing exhibit halls to describing video or news stories or podcasts or maybe even weddings. Yeah, they're probably tired of our wedding. They're probably tired of our wedding, but you guys get to hear a little snippet in this episode of our wedding. But don't go away if that's not your thing. That's only a small portion of what we're about to talk about with our guest in the castle. Who do we have coming up? We have Deanna Johnston coming up, and she is the person that we used to describe our wedding video. And she has worked with a ton of big names, IBM. Google, Apple, Toyota, Bank of America, just to name a few. And she worked with little old us. And she's so much fun, as you will discover from this episode. So if you are a podcaster who perhaps would like a nice new professionally done intro or outro, or perhaps you are someone who would like something else, either voiced or described, Deanna could be your perfect voice. Let's go meet her in the castle. Welcome to the Mystic Access Magic Castle. So welcome everyone to yet another segment in the Mystic Access Magic Castle. It is always so fun to come in here and see who we might meet behind the castle doors. And this is a special one for us because this is someone who helped us with a very special project. And if you missed that podcast where we talked a little bit about that, we'll go over it again a little bit later and tell you all what exactly happened here. But we are very excited to introduce you to someone who has her fingers in many pies. She has an entertainment company. She's a singer. She's a dancer. She's a voiceover artist. And what may interest many of you about her is that she also does audio description and not just the narration of said audio description, the whole thing. So from script writing all the way through production. So I think you'll have a lot of interesting things to learn and she's just a lot of fun. We've had really great time getting to know her over the course of our interactions together. Deanna Johnston, live from Vegas. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Great. Perfect. Terrific. Yay, I'm in the magical space. 
Woo! Yep. Absolutely. Find yourself a magic carpet or anywhere you want to be in the course of the castle and hang out with us. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's reminding me of lately I've been doing uh, haunted house voiceovers. Ooh, nice. Like, like, hello, welcome to my castle. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> exactly. Love it. Yes, it Got is getting to be that time of year. Most yeah. definitely. My favorite time. Mine too. Absolutely. Can't well, wait for some for having fall. Me. Thank oh, you you're so much. welcome. Oh, thanks for coming. It's great to have you. It's for... been great meeting you guys. I When I started doing your audio description, I found myself crying. Oh. You know? It was like I perform at a lot of weddings, but it was just touching and it was it was fun to really pay attention to all the little details and, you know, I really appreciated it. Oh, so did we. I mean, we came at it from the other end of the spectrum. And for those of you who are wondering, what's this all about? What Deanna did for us was the audio description for our wedding. So it was kind of one of those strange things. I was thinking, you know, is she going to think I'm completely nuts when I'm like, hey, by the way, <laughs> we've got this wedding. You know, we're just a couple of individuals who got married and, you know, want to have this special day described for ourselves. Because usually audio description is... You know, for the big guys, for the Disneys and the Netflix and yeah. Prime yeah. and, you know, all these things. And we're just a couple people, you know, <laughs> we're, we're yeah. nobody's, nobody's famous <laughs> or anything, you know. I mean, I have done audio description for like Microsoft, but then I also do it for a lot of smaller companies too. But it is, it is uh, typically more just kind of clinical, you know, yeah. like girl walks into room, room is brightly lit. People are smiling. <laughs> you know, it's like Siri or something. Siri. Yeah, yeah. So yours was a nice change from that. I wanted to make it a little more storytelling, I guess, on some level. Well, you had asked us when we first started this whole process. We contacted you. Then you asked us some basic questions like, who is this person and who is that person? And we went through the video multiple times. Sometimes you couldn't even answer your question because we didn't know, like, for example, when my brother and his wife walked down the aisle for the first time, nobody could remember who it was that <laughs> walked her down. She didn't even remember. We, we tasted her. We're like, who walked you down at our wedding? She's like, I don't know. Like, okay, we'll figure it out. So, of course, our wedding coordinator, who also did a great deal of our photography, we contacted her. And, of course, she's like, you know, photographic memory of the whole thing. Like, oh, yeah, blah. You know, and she was able to give us all the info we needed, but it was like, oh, that's really well, funny. that's good. So. Yeah, that was challenging because I was like, wait, who is that? Wait, that lady had a blue dress. But I think that was the same lady from earlier. Well, right. that must be a mom or that must be a sister, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you were like, this person, this must be Chris's mom. And we're like, nope, Chris's mom couldn't make it. No, unfortunately. Right, exactly, yeah. You know, so it's kind of one of those wild things. You have to get all these little minuscule details kind yeah. of figured out. And we'll talk more about that for those of you who are thinking, AD is just this thing where somebody describes a scene. Oh, no, no. Au contraire. There's so much that goes into the process of audio description. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Post a little bit first. Before we dive into the wonderful world of audio description, though, a little bit about your history, because you've got a really fun kind of dynamic professional history before you even became a voiceover artist. So you've had <laughs> lots of things happen in your world. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's true. I'm a Canadian girl, born and raised, and I grew up with three sisters, and I was just brought up to think that, you know, you get married and have a family. I have great parents, great family, but not scholastic, you know, like career, like you can be anything you want. I didn't really grow up in that kind of an environment. 
at one point I, I'm giving you like the real dirt here. Mm. At one point I had this boyfriend and I was in college and I loved him like seriously from the time I was five. Oh, like, oh yeah. He was in a band. He cheated on me and I was like, devastated and, sure. and it was with a singer. So I was insecure and I thought, oh, well, maybe if I learn how to sing, you know, he'll love me. Life will be happy again. So I taught myself how to sing and eventually I went on the road and realized he was a jerk and found a little bit of confidence. And and then I went to Vancouver and then ended up in Los Angeles. And yeah, I just run my own bands and, you know, been a singer and learned how to dance, blah, 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 ever since the early 90s. So yeah, I ended up in Los Angeles in 1999. And then ultimately started my own corporate cover band. And we still have that. And, you know, we play a lot of events for high-end corporate clients. We get to travel around the world, which is really, really cool. It's been incredible. But then COVID happened. And like most people, oh, crap, now what? You know, mm -hmm. there's no more events, no more money. I'm at home panicking, freaking out. So I start Googling voice. Like I thought, well, I can do recording sessions at home singing. I knew how to do that. My husband's a music producer, so he could help me out. And then I, I stumbled across voiceover and I'm like, what the heck is that? So I just, I learned and I've been doing that now two years and it's awesome. I love it. There's a lot from, from <laughs> some previous theater experience of my own that can kind of go into a voiceover session because you really wear yeah. a lot of different hats as a voiceover artist, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. I was shocked how hard it is, actually. I don't come from an acting background, so I didn't have that going for me. All I had going for me was I'm really good on a computer. I'm not afraid of, you know, recording software. I have my husband again who can help me record. Well, recording voiceover and the microphone and the audio quality is nothing like music at all. So just learning that, learning how to act and just learning how to self-market and and then there's so many different kinds of voiceover, like audio description, for example. I, I never heard of that or stumbled upon that for at least my first year, I'd say. So just learning all the different types and it's just been nonstop ongoing learning and it continues. <laughs> That's for sure. But it's incredible. It's really so, cool to be creative like that. So what did you think when you first heard of audio description? It must have fascinated you in a way that you actually do it now. I was humbled and saddened that I never thought I never thought of that. Like it was a voiceover email chain that goes out. It said something about audio description voiceovers. And I was like, what the heck is that? So then I'm like, OK, you know, if you had a visual impairment, you know, how do you watch a movie? How do you watch any kind of video? Or, you know, if there's no dialogue happening and it's just empty space. And so I was just like, oh, my gosh, I never thought of that. I kind of want to be a part of describing what's going on. It's been amazing. And then, yeah, just learning about it. And there's a lot of different websites teaching you what you should describe and what you shouldn't. And what I've learned is every client's different, you know, in terms of how detailed they want, or I certainly don't want to offend anybody. So, you know, if it's a person of color or, you know, somebody has, you, you know what I mean? You, you just sure. have to ask yes. them, like, you want me to say African-American man, black, you know, like how I got, you know, so it's really on a for me, anyways, my my experience, it's a client base, but it's yeah, it's been amazing. I really appreciate being able to do it, and I think it's incredible. My yeah. first experience with audio description was 
in the early 90s, WGBH mm. in Boston, they yeah, they were the only ones in the States who did the, anything like this right wow. back in the day. And I thought, okay, I'm interested in it. They sold them on video cassette. Yeah, so, that's the only way you could get them. They were little VHS. You could either get them from the NLS, the National Library Service, or you know you could buy them. From, wow. And they were only like what thirty a year or something that they would produce. Yes, I mean they would oh, have wow. like they would have like a thousand movies or something. And you look at that, it's like yeah, okay. But my first movie was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and I thought, mm. you know, I've seen this movie. I had enough vision mm. that what is this? What yeah. is this really going to tell me? It right. told me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, whoa. The eyes are now open because there's more stuff that, you know, you're being told about. And I thought it was really cool. So then I just started to collect some of the classics that they had done. And now it's funny because if you do Google searches for audio description, sometimes you'll get people that say, I've got this annoying voice on my video. How do I turn it off? <laughs> that's the first result you always see. There's like nine of those for every result that's actually interested or actually going to give you credible information on audio description. It's like, oh that's, my God. That's hilarious. It that's is... kind of like the closed captioning. Yeah, sometimes. Exactly. My daughter-in-law was here and she loves to watch TV with it on and I can't stand it because I'm reading it and not right. like, like you're not paying, paying attention. attention yeah and so i'm like how do you turn this off so uh, yeah it's kind of like that you either like it or it's like you know it's not doing it for you yeah. or i would depend on the voice too mm-hmm. if it oh is, absolutely yeah if it is i don't know whatever you're annoyed by like hey you know girl walks into the room well She's exactly smiling. you know i don't yeah, know somebody right. would, or somebody might like that but you know what's interesting also about audio description is is you notice things you wouldn't notice yes, yes. and that's what's really cool about it that what once... my mom has said over the yeah. years is that, you know, she loves it. If she, she has an audio description, she has the ability to turn that on. She's going to do it every time. Drives other people crazy. She's like, ooh, yes, because I'm going to be standing here. And I'm going to be cooking or doing whatever I'm doing. And there's right. the audio description. And Oh, I never noticed that before. Oh, cool. Yeah. You know, it's really kind of funny, too, because that one scene where Kim and her father are dancing and you says, Kim's grandmother walks by and blows a kiss to them and continues on. Well, nobody we were, remembered the kiss. Nobody, nobody remembered it. And the funny thing was is that our wedding coordinator, we just saw her a couple weeks, couple ago, weeks ago, and she goes, I've seen this video five, six, seven, eight times and have never seen that. Never saw it. So oh. even somebody who, again, had the photographic memory and kind of knew everything about everything. Did right. not see it. Never saw it. Never saw it. <laughs> so that's the really hilarious part. You know, and it's hard to know, like, when you're showing audio description to somebody, like, are you going to love it? Or are you going to hate it? Are you going to be one of those people who's like, well, I just want to watch it. I don't want the annoying voice. Take the annoying voice away. You know, it's distracting me from watching. But, you know, most people that we've talked to, I think down to every person that we've talked to who's actually watched the audio described version has been like, this is great. You know, this, that's it, cool. It I'm shares so, glad. so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's very cool. And it is, it's neat to do it because it, it puts you in a different headspace to, you know, really pay attention to all the little things like the little hand gestures or, and you know, a lot of times you don't have time to talk about all of that, but you know, it's still opening you up to, you know, just sort of, noticing things differently and taking in moments differently which is really nice this is ruby no that's ellen this is ruby ruby's a four-month-old pug with a penchant for peeing on the persian 
rug, not cat. That's a different commercial. Spoiler alert, that cat's not happy. Luckily for Ellen, Petco has everything she needs to get Ruby happily house-trained. Except patience. That's on you, Ellen. For everything else, there's Petco. Talk a little, if you will, about the process. Are you approached by the client and then you go from there with specific suggestions or specific, you know, direct information from the client? I want this, 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 and this. Is there a back and forth to it? How does that work in terms of voiceovers? I find that the majority of people who contact me, probably over 90%, kind of know what it is, but they're not sure. Mm -hmm. So they send me some kind of a video and ask me, you know, here's my video. I'd like to get it described, like, but what happens? What do you do? Blah, blah, blah. It's really a, a teaching my clients. So first, I need to know if they're providing me a script. And if they're not, you know, then I have to review it at least you know, a good chunk of it to see what will be involved to describe it. Because sometimes there's videos that there's no room for audio description. And if they still want it, then we have to talk about, well, then we need to go back to your videographer and add in sections where there's no dialogue so that I can add stuff or I can edit on my end in terms of pausing the video or just slowing a section down while I talk and describe something. Do you need a script? Do you have a videographer? What do you need me to do? Do you need me to just record the audio and you have somebody who will place it in? You have somebody who will edit the video? You have somebody who's writing the script? Or do you need me to do everything? And then also, I mean, if I do do everything and then I dump in the recorded audio, a lot of times there's sound already happening during those sections. So I need to go through, you know, each little section where I'm talking and pull the original audio down or adjust it or there's so many aspects of it. It's very time consuming. That's for sure. We um, had you do everything. Yes. From script yeah. writing. Complete labor intensive process. Yeah. Let's just do it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sometimes easier because actually, yeah, I did have one client who said, oh, I'll write the script. And he came back to me. Actually, you know what? It was a wedding video. Now that I think about it, he came back maybe a month and a half later and sent me the script. And unfortunately, he didn't understand what he needed to write. And I think he had like, 400 words more than, than you know, like it would, oh, no. it, would never fit, it would never work. It didn't make sense. And so I said, you know what? I think probably you should have me write the script. Here's why, you know, blah, blah, blah. And actually, I didn't hear back from him, to be honest, but <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of steps and it's a fun process. And yeah, I, I appreciate being able to do it. And like I said, you know, teach people what it really is and, and how to get from A to B, which is challenging. This message is brought to you by Questionable and Unexpected. The questionable directions from your navigation system, which unexpectedly got you stuck in a cranberry bog. With Nationwide's roadside assistance, help is just a few taps away. You need someone who's always there. Nationwide is on your side. You wrote our script, and I think we went either four or five revisions back Fortunately, they got much less crazy yes, as we they did through the more she would have been like, no, you're done. Why <laughs> somebody else do this? <laughs> One of the things that we did, though, is that we sent the first draft to Kim's mother, and da, we da, sent da. it to my mother, so that, oh, you know, you get, yeah. you get mother, mother approval. Mm -hmm. And Kim's mom wanted to be known as Kim's mom throughout the whole thing. My That's mom's right. very shy. Yeah. You know. Yes. <laughs> and you did that 
at one time with the script and then the whole time me going this isn't gonna work everybody's (laughs) relationship every single time and all of us just decided that wasn't gonna work i think kim and her mom actually got into an argument we did Oh, no. Well, you know, these things happen. You know, it's my wedding. It's ultimately going to be up to me what we do with it. But, you know, she was just adamant. And then when she realized what it was going to do, when she saw the final, what we actually decided on for the final way of doing it, which we'll get to, she was like, oh, yeah, that was the way to go. That's perfect. Makes sense. Instead of saying, you know, every time, this is uh, so-and-so who is so-and-so. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Now that would get annoying. That yes. was. That would have yeah, that, that reading was, the script. Oh, it was annoying. It was, was. It was awful. It was like, oh, no, let's not do that. You know, but yeah. once we figured that out to kind of do the initial kind of introduction of who someone was and then yeah. but it's just their yeah. name and it was perfect. You know, it worked yeah, out. we had good back and forth. We collaborated well and yes, we got to a good place for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But the first script. I think we both sat there and cried because yeah, I think we did because it was just like it, it was just amazing to there's some this video that well first of all when you're getting married you're kind of zoning out we did at least we talked so, about it afterwards it was like me too did that I just guess, happen yeah, yeah you know that. yeah and you're like so wound up with everything you yeah you kind of forget a lot of it. For us, it was kind of like an out-of-body experience. Like, we know we're standing up here, but it felt so surreal that it wasn't even us up there doing the whole marrying thing, you know? (laughs) know, So after the fact, we were, like, kind of comparing notes on it. So being able to get all those moments back, some of which we clearly missed in the course of the process, it makes a huge difference because it's one of those things you want to treasure forever. And it just added this complete other dimension to it. Yeah, and and like we talked about me watching it and seeing different things that maybe you didn't think of or, you know, so you would hear. Yeah, so it just fills in all of the gaps, sort of. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Sweeping aerial view of beautiful lush green mountains and trees. A historic two-story plantation home. Kim and Chris stand lovingly forehead to forehead on the front porch in their wedding attire. Delicate lace wedding dress hangs on the front porch. Green ferns. Bouquet of hydrangeas, lavender, and rosemary. Kim and Chris tenderly face each other on the red front porch. Large trees and green grass. They walk the grounds, a rusty red barn behind them. The final walk up the aisle. Hair is partially up, her veil trailing behind. Gorgeous ball gown, square neckline, chiffon and delicate lace. In creamy off-white, with three-quarter length lace sleeves. The guests are now standing, facing them as they walk. Surrounded by family and friends, they start their first dance. The daylight is still spilling into the room, lighting up their faces, the lush green trees and grass, with the high wood beams, mirror the naturalness of their love. They each have one hand high on the other's waist, the other fastened together as two have now become one. Their dance evolves and becomes more loose, more free. The music flows through them. Their facial expressions change, looking more at ease as the beautiful truth of their new life together sets in. Holding hands surrounded by trees and grass. Chris posing behind the bushes. The couple once again face to face on the porch. The beautiful bouquet. Guests seated for the ceremony. Bride and groom on the dance floor. 
more posing on the weathered front steps of the porch. Kim and Chris talking. Kim and her mom warmly hug. Sun fades with a glowing orange sky and spongy chrome clouds, silhouette of trees. Another kiss outside the red barn. Walking on the grass, holding hands. Father-daughter dance. A final kiss against the dark of the night on the sidewalk lined with a glow of candles and lanterns. Family and friends out of focus in the background watching. The colorful scene fades to black and white, dissolving to all black. The end. We were actually listening to it again just before this conversation. It was a good excuse. It was a good excuse. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Watch your wedding. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, when Kim's strolling down the aisle. Yeah. And Kim has no idea that there's nobody at the other end. The other end. That was not supposed to happen. (laughs) I would have been freaking angry yeah you would be like uh i would have lost where did chris and his brother go i'm gonna go kill him (laughs) yes but it turned out that because i told my mom because my mom actually watched the stream in real time with a bunch of other people yeah we had and uh she said you know the way that you guys met at the aisle that was so perfect i said mom that was not planned (laughs) (laughs) that was an oops serious Uh, oops that was not supposed to happen so That's awesome. At least our wedding oops wasn't like this complete obvious thing that you're going to look at in 10 years and go, oh, here's that part again. Oh, great. Somebody stepped on her dress and she fell or something. You know, that that kind of thing. (laughs) Sometimes you see like wedding bloopers on YouTube or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awful. Once we finalized the script, frankly, we were amazed on how fast you got it back to us. Yeah, your turnaround time was like amazing. We were like, what? No, oh, just tell her Thank what you, you. did because it was yeah. cute. So I go downstairs. I'm expecting a sample because you said, "Oh, I'm just going to send you a, a sample. sample. Make sure that it's what you guys want, and then we're going to send you the real thing." Well, you know, inside baseball, she never sent us a sample. So <laughs> at five o'clock in the morning, I'm going downstairs and I see oh. this email from you with the link to download the file. And I looked at the file, and it's like 45 minutes. And I'm like, she's not going to re-upload the video for a whole sample. So I pressed play on it, and I listened to her about 2.2 seconds and heard your voice. I stopped it, started over, turned back up, went back upstairs. I didn't say anything to Kim. I just pressed play. So I'm like opening my eyes, and there's the wedding with your audio description. I'm like, oh! See, look how you can affect people just with your voice and yes. like what you guys are doing, you know, with your company yes. and doing these podcasts and reaching out. Yes. Well, yeah. That's I mean, what it's about, amazing. right? Yeah. I mean, it's all about the human voice can do so many things, whether it's speaking, whether it's adopting a particular emotional tone, whether it's describing something or, you know, doing a compelling voiceover, I'm sure, or whether you're singing. I mean, there's a million ways that human voice can affect somebody else. Yeah. It's incredible. Not, not even the voice, just, yeah, act of kindness. Yes. yes. And I we're just talking about that. You know, we come from a musician's background and it's sort of, you're, you're kind of always in a place of scarcity because you mm-hmm. don't know when you're going to have a gig again or so whenever you have work, you're like clamoring, like, okay, I got to get it done. Cause you know, next month I may not make any money or blah, blah, you know, that yep. kind of mentality. Yeah. So we've been working hard for so many years and we always have old pugs. We love old dog Aww. pugs. Oh, yeah. And I mean, old ones that need wheelchairs and 
So we haven't had a vacation in a while. And, and we're just thinking, uh, you know, it'd be nice to get away. But then we're, you know, all we do is work, you know, how can we give back to people, you know, just go through all these emotions. So I'm so glad that you were affected like that by the audio description, because that's really what it's for. I think in many cases, people take for granted the fact that you can just watch something and you automatically know everything that's happening. And, you know, for us, that wasn't necessarily always the case. Now you see so much video and various programming coming out with audio description, but it isn't always the case. You're not going to yeah. be guaranteed that you're going to get it. I was started watching the Rings of Power yesterday because I'm a geek and that's my thing. <laughs> and, you know, having the audio description, I was thinking, you know, I know there's because I was watching, you know, some of the analysis and things of episodes. And I said, you know, there's so much here that I know is not in the audio description because it can't be because it would be like a three hour show instead right, of a one hour right. program just to have all the audio description in there. But even having what's here without it, I would be really lost here, right. here, here, here and here. So, right. you know, it makes a huge difference. That's awesome. Welcome to Cloud Computing, Understanding the Cloud. During this introductory course, you will learn why the cloud is so important and business challenges and opportunities that the cloud addresses. Learn what virtualization is and why it is so fundamental in how the cloud operates. Learn how social networks work in the cloud and how users and organizations can create apps that connect with a huge base of users. I've done that for a while, and the last couple times I did that, one was with the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that just happened on Disney+. Plus. Mm. And there are Star Wars podcasts that I listen to where they will take a half hour to 45 minute show and dissect it. Mm. And, they're, and they're talking for like two hours, two and a half hours mm. on this show. And you get more out of that. Even the audio description is excellent, but sometimes they see things too, because they're, they've watched it probably five times before they start to record their podcast episode. But right. um, you know, you get that too. And I, I think that's kind of fun as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. I'm glad that there's more availability of it, like you said, since the 90s. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can find even in some of the big sites like your Prime or your Netflix or your Disney yeah. Plus, you can find entire sections of audio described content. And yeah. so if that's one way people want to look for it, they've got the option to then go ahead and find it. And yeah. that's excellent and helpful. But Chris is right. He's the reason that I got into the kind of the analysis things when I was doing this new Lord of the Rings series because I thought, you know, he's been doing that for Star Wars stuff for years. I said, I'll try that for this. And it does. It helps tremendously, but I still think I would not want to watch it without the description piece mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. there's so much that you would still miss. I mean, yeah. you know, in real time, at least, you know, yes. you don't get that same experience that you would get otherwise. Absolutely. And some audio description is incredible, actually, uh, especially, mm -hmm. I think, for movies and cartoons. I've heard some, like, you know, British sort of accents. Yes. And, and so, like, descriptive and, like, epic. Like, yes. and then it's like, oh, wow, it's taking it to a whole new level. It's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. I mean, some stuff that you could really never watch, whole scenes without yeah. dialogue. I mean, I think, again, going to geekery, I think about that last Game of Thrones episode. And how much of that, or I think it was the second to last. There's like 30 minutes with no dialogue whatsoever. Oh, wow. So, you know, so if you didn't have description, you'd be like, wait, what What's going on? But it, I've actually it, never seen that show. Oh, yeah. You can write your own story in those 30 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like, you know, you can go back and you can look at the news articles afterwards. And I'm like, okay, I know this happened. And I know this had to be what was going on here. But, wow. you know, and it's, it's obviously such a violent show to begin with. There's, there's so much different things happening that if you don't have someone kind of describing some of it 
you're just not gonna know. And sometimes a bunch of grunting or something. Well, right. yeah, right. Exactly. Ooh, yeah. that was a smooshing sound. That can't have been good for somebody, but I have no idea who. Ooh. Oh, you know, all these oh, things. But, wow. but you're right. Even for things like cartoons and educational things, particularly, yeah. it can be very affecting. Even in how it's presenting, even the the emotion that the voiceover artist uses to describe something. I mean, sometimes you can let a little of your own emotion into the pieces, and that's nice. Yeah, absolutely. I, wa I watched this one movie when I was a child, early mid-80s, I think it was, and uh, it was called The Flight of the Navigator. It was a Disney thing. So when Disney Plus came out and they started having descriptions, I watched that movie again. There mm. were no audio descriptions. And then six months later, I went back to that same movie and they had added the audio descriptions in. I thought that was really cool. Wow. So, so just because a movie doesn't have audio description at the current time, doesn't necessarily mean that it's not gonna you know. i think you're right yeah i think they'll start doing that to all movies you know mm -hmm. just heading back it's kind of like audio books yes you know, they're starting to have an audio version of every book which is awesome hmm i wonder how i get involved with disney oh <laughs> yeah there you go audio describer for some of these companies hmm. <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah that's incredible that's awesome. Studies have found by eliminating dairy, carbs, gluten, and sugar, you can significantly reduce your will to exist. Live a little. Cold Stone Creamery. How does voiceover work itself differ from, say, an audio description project? I assume there's not quite as much to do. Would a company send you a script and say, this is my commercial or this is my, you know, ad or whatever that happens to be. Absolutely. For, you know, just commercial, political, mm -hmm. whatever yeah. the job is, I'm always sent the script. Sometimes the scripts aren't all that good, depending on where they're coming from. Sometimes they're, you know, they were in a different language and then somebody, you Ooh. know, turned it into English. But it's like, oh, so, you know, sometimes you fix that stuff on the fly. And sometimes it's so bad that and, and you kind of get a feel for the client and it's like you know it's probably best for me to just record exactly the way they've sent it to me mm -hmm. and you know every script you just you kind of analyze it and see what you need to do whether it's a commercial and what's the script about really what are you trying to communicate to somebody how do you want somebody to feel about whatever it is you're talking about how can i relate to it how can i put myself into this script so that what i'm saying sounds authentic and believable so yeah so then i just sit down and Usually reading through the first time is, it's funny, you're always tripping over your words. So you just kind of got to get the script in your brain a little better and your muscle memory, as they say. And then you can start bringing it to life, I guess, you know, finding the words that you really want to emphasize in whatever ways that it calls for. So because mom may not always remember being a mom, because one day his war stories will just fade away. Because a cure seems so tantalizingly close. We fight for all of them. We are the Alzheimer's Society. How about character voices? Do they tell you how they want you to probably sound? Like you were doing the voiceover for the scary voice. So would they tell you that they want a scary voice? And do you give them multiple takes, if you will, of different ways that you might say something? Or how does that work? character work that's the least work that i do uh -huh. but i do love i have you know more more of a you know kind of a scratchy weathered old lady voice that <laughs> i love to use so 
I'll do a lot of stuff like that. And yeah, and I have different forms of that. So, you know, they'll contact me. They, you know, you know, we want a scary witch voice or a creepy clown or whatever it is. I'll always give them a couple of different sort of takes or versions of it. And then they say, oh yeah, do that. Or or I'll just, you know, if the script's short, I'll just record the job a couple different ways, send them the takes and, you know, and it's like that. But who is it who does all the, uh, is it the Simpsons? The oh yeah. Who does sure. all the voices or mm-hmm. most of them? Oh, yeah. D. oh. D. there's Deep Bradley Baker. Well, Deep Bradley Baker does... does a bunch yeah. of his own stuff. I mean, there and are like, people who are yeah, amazing. It's incredible. And you can sit there and go from one character to the other. Like those characters are so embedded yes. in who he is, you know? So I, I'm like, oh man, it's amazing. Amazing. I've never yeah. had to uh, sustain a character for, you know, longer than maybe 500 words, but I can't imagine. Having a conversation with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, exactly. Or season upon season upon season of this character kind of being yeah. in the world and continuously. Yeah. You just, you, you, you just access them. They become, you know, second nature, I guess. Yeah. And I know people who do character work in audiobooks. Oh, yeah. Multiple characters. You know, I've heard of people who, because I don't do audiobooks. I don't know. I'm just, uh, <laughs> they're just too long for me but anyways yeah they'll record them the different characters on a different file mm-hmm. to kind of like remind themselves if they're not really embedded in them yet so they can keep reverting back like oh that's what that character sounded like or felt like blah 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 so i can imagine yeah doing a hundred thousand word audiobook in multiple characters like wow that's intense you really need to be specific and set and and clear on the different characters and how to access them and differentiate them too yeah it's incredible one of the things that i think is cool and one of the things that i immediately discovered about you when i found you was that you've got all kinds of work up on your site for people to listen to and you've got it all nice and categorized commercial political you know all these things i love it my neat mind says Yay, thank you, because I can access whatever I'm looking for in the moment and see exactly what I want to see from everything from e-learning, you know, all the way through. And that was cool when I first was browsing your site and looking at what you were doing. It was like, oh, cool, you know, you can see all these different things. And so for people who think that voiceover work is just for commercials, yes, that's certainly a large part of it. But, you know, think about e-learning. Think about, obviously, political ads. You know, you've got all these different things that you can utilize a voiceover artist for. And Absolutely. Kind yeah. of awesome. It's amazing. I mean, yeah, just go online, watch TV, radio. I mean, there's a voice happening constantly. We're kind of like never alone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're always being inundated with somebody talking to us about something. And I didn't really think of it until I got into this field. And there's a lot of genres in voiceover. A lot. It's a lot, lot, lot. And it's great. I did just spend a lot of money and work with a really high-end demo producer. And he's amazing. And I love his work. And he comes from a real place of humor with everything he does and quirkiness, which is one of the reasons I wanted to work with him. Do you have a favorite gig? Favorite voiceover gig? Like what I like to voice the best? Yeah. I have three things. And okay. they're all very different. I love doing Christian, anything Christian. I love to use my, you know, my warm empathetic, caring, you know, faith-based voice. Mm. And then I love doing that creepy, weird, old witch thing. (laughs) And then I love getting snarky and like, you know, arrogant or whatever in political ads, Mm -hmm. aggressive and angry. (laughs) (laughs) So those three are my favorite. (laughs) 
I find those really fun. And it, nice. it's fun to be able to do that in one day. Like, I mean, like, you know, I know you're having a really hard time right now, but it's going to be okay. We're here for you. And then so-and-so said, so-and-so lied. Don't believe the bull of this political part. You know, <laughs> it's just fun. It's so fun going from one to another. It's nice. ridiculous. <laughs> That's what's great. You get to wear so many hats. Yeah, I like that. Keeps it interesting because I am alone in a, uh, you know, a little closet sort of recording space all day. So, you know, you got to kind of keep yourself laughing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Sure. What is your studio like? Like you just said, it's a little closet. So what did you do? Because you have to be in a place with your, your microphones. You have to sound warm and you can't have any background noises or hisses and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's something I had to learn the hard way, like all of us voiceover people. Yeah, you need a space that doesn't have a lot of reverb and noise sound and trucks going by, dogs barking, toilets flushing. I mean, if you just sit there in your house, there's constant noise that yes. you don't even think of. And then, there's just room noise, too. Oh, yeah, just the, the room, room makes noise. Yeah, absolutely. Everything hums. I have one of the best microphones you can use in voiceover. And it picks up everything, which is incredible because you want it to pick up all those details of your voice, all the different frequencies. But at the same time, you need a really well-treated space that you're recording in. So there's not weird bass frequencies floating around or reverb or, you know. So I'm in like an L-shaped walk-in, but small closet. And it's completely padded with foam and I have pillows everywhere. There's carpet on the floor and I have a desk, but I have a rug on the desk to, you know, suck up sound because, you know, shiny surfaces reflect sound in a negative way that you don't want. And it's trial and error. It's under the stairs of my house. So every time my husband comes down the stairs, I have to stop recording. <laughs> and sometimes I don't notice and I'm listening back and I'm like, oh, that was such a good take. And I'm hearing clunk, 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 clunk. I'm like, oh, son of a <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> And then sometimes I do live directed sessions. So a client will want to actually be listening in while I'm recording Ooh. to direct me, like, which is at first really like, oh my God, I'm so scared. But really it's easy because they're telling you exactly what they want. Can you be right. more blah, blah on that line? Sure. Blah, 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 whatever. So I always tell my husband, okay, make sure the air conditioning's off because, you know, no matter how sound treated your room is, there is still a, a hum when that air conditioning kicks on. Sure. Yep. So turn off the air conditioning and don't come down the stairs. And so this just happened last week and he was perfect. And then I'm, I'm in the middle of a take with my client and I hear the toilet flush. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, hold, please. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Oops. And, you know, most clients are very nice people, actually. And so I said, yeah, I had to hold because my husband flushed the toilet. And she said, yeah, I know. And we laughed. We got a good laugh out of it. <laughs> oh, no. And then after I'm like, uh, you got to remember not to flush the toilet. So stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, you can buy like ten, twelve thousand dollar $12,000 vocal booths. They would be better. But apparently they're still not soundproof. Nothing mm. really is soundproof. There's always something that's getting through. So. I haven't bothered to do that. I have good sounding quality right here. As long as my husband doesn't flush the toilet, we're all right. good. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I never would have thought the desk, but yeah, it makes perfect sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I just made a change in my studio and I got myself a big desk finally to, you know, sit water on. And Well, there you uh -huh. go. But I realized, ooh, it's kind of reflecting a weird frequency. I need to cover it with this rug. So now we're all good. <laughs> 
wife of a voiceover person. Woo! <laughs> yeah. So if someone wants to learn more, maybe listen to some of your voiceover artistry or check out more information about you, where would they go to do that? They can find me on my website, deannajohnston.com. D-E-A-N-N-A-J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N.com. Come and see me. I want to talk to you. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on and chatting with us. Thank you both. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. And Thank thanks you. again for having me on your wedding video. Oh, our Absolutely. pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. We couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have. It was my honor. Thank you. Thank you, Thank guys. You. Thank you for your visit to the Mystic Access Magic Castle. You're welcome anytime. So thank you everybody for joining us in the castle with Deanna. And I think we may use her for the Halloween episode. We'll make her do a witch something for us. Ooh, that would be fun. We'll figure something out there. Let her use her scary witch voice for us. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. If you are blind or visually impaired and desire to discover how our comprehensive products and services may support and empower your assistive technology journey, we welcome your visit at www.mysticaccess.com. Have a question or wish to place an order via phone? Call us at 716-543-3323. If you have something to share about this podcast episode, press 4 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at info at mysticaccess.com. Connect with us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mysticaccessempower. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Your friends and colleagues may listen and subscribe at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy our episodes, consider leaving us an iTunes rating and review. Your comments are greatly appreciated. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for being a listener. We hope you enjoyed this episode.